ladles and jelly spoons. Welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace. Joining me today, Mr. Zach Van Gestel. Hey, what's up? Thanks so Compton. much. Hey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. So, yeah. hey, Facebook, hey, YouTube, all that good stuff. Hi, Internet. We, um, me and my infinite wisdom put Zach's back to a well-lit window, so <laughs> he's going to look angelic all day long. <laughs> See that? I have, the, uh, I have the hair of an angel, and, uh, yes. and now I have the lighting of an angel. It's yes, great. you are haloed out, Soul of the devil, though, I will tell you that. <laughs> I'm a demon. <laughs> Yeah. Did did you start out that way, or was that did you have to graduate to that? I uh, actually sold my soul whenever I was uh, <laughs> whenever I was like seventeen or eighteen or something stupid like that. Well, tell us that story. <laughs> you want to start off with that story? <laughs> Why not? Is my mom gonna see this? Is it is it? Tagged, it's on Facebook. Is it tagged on mine? Yes, it will be. <laughs> oh, fuck, well, hopefully she hasn't. She's not. She's not home from work yet, so she can't see this. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I, I hope like. I hope like the statute of limitations of like of um, the spiritual realm it won't apply anymore. But but whenever I was like 17 or 18, me and my friends were at, uh, at a buddy's house and we were drinking, and one of my friends was super into the occult, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so we like we were smoking and drinking, and we were just being stupid, and we set up like a, a pentagram and like with beer cans, you know, and then my friend like knew a satanic prayer. And we were supposed to, to sell our soul, and then, like, in turn, we would get what we wish for, you know? Yeah. Which, is, which is just, like, glorify wishing well, you know? <laughs> um, and what did you get out of this deal? Well, I asked, to be, I asked to be famous. Um, I guess I didn't really specify what kind of level of fame that I want, because, you know, ah. because in this town, you know, I have friends who know me. You know, I have, I have a close group of friends who know me, so maybe that's famous in some regard. Yeah. It is. And the devil's a trickster, so. It is. Yeah. That's very true. Um, yeah. I so that, I guess that leads to, we'll, we'll do backstory first. So give us the context for that. Where, where did where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Milton, Florida. Okay, so you were in Florida performing these occult rituals. <laughs> oh, well, you, when you put it that way, it sounds bad. Okay, this is a one-off thing. Actually, it's not because, because we, I have done uh, like, a, like a homemade Ouija board situation. Which was um, explain. <laughs> well, you know how a Ouija board is like um, you know what a Ouija board is. I do. Okay. I do. The gateway to the devil. Yes. All right. Imagine or a good time, depending on how you <laughs> look at it. You know, a few beers in that 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 line is is diluted. You know, you sure. don't, you'll know if it's a good time or you're uh, or you're the next Alistair Crowley. <laughs> All right. You know, uh, we just made it. We just, we wrote we wrote the. The alphabet down on paper, wrote hello, mm -hmm. goodbye, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, um, it was weird. We used a, we used a CD for the for the medium. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. I was gonna ask. I couldn't come yeah. up with anything good. Yeah, that really works because it has a circle and never. You know. So you're like right, right on top of it. Perfect. Right. Good it, thinking. It was kind of freaky too, man. Because there was one point where we had. What CD was it? <laughs> you know, I think it was a blank <laughs> CD. <laughs> Would have been way better if it had been. You know, insert your favorite, some Ozzy or some shit like that. I was gonna say after after we yeah it was a blank CD, but after that that night we popped in my CD player and it was the Black Sabbath Paranoid album, <laughs> Masters of Reality. Nice. <laughs> that is that is a successful occult gathering. <laughs> right. For well, sure. well, who knew that the like the devil could just be useful for burning CDs? Well, you know. Yeah. I think that's kind of been his mo for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, piracy is is a sin. Burning against God. It, yeah, it is. 
apparently, whoever that is. I, don't, I haven't met him yet, but mm. <laughs> I keep hearing good things. Well, well, some days, some days it's bad things, depending on who you ask. About, right? about God? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. And his agent. Can't get a hold of either <laughs> of them. <laughs> which, one, which one's his agent, the Holy Spirit or Jesus? I always get those confused. I thought they were like business partners. Yeah. <laughs> I figured his agent would be like Saint Michael or one of the angels. Oh, Michael's right. an angel, yeah. not a saint. There's Gabriel. Yeah, one of those guys. One of those guys. Yeah, who knows? I see him as like the pretty boy in uh, Fight Club. Mm-hmm. You know, there's got to be one. Wait, which just, one? Which one's the pretty boy in Fight Club? You know, the one who was, I felt like destroying something beautiful. Is the blonde-haired guy? No, the Brad Pitt guy? Or the no, no, no. Edward he's Norton like guy. a one-off character. He's he's not one of the main characters. In Fight Club? Yeah, he was he was the, one of the one-offs, and he was the blonde, dyed hair, pretty oh. boy, and Edward Norton just destroys him and then keeps on going, and the guy's face is mangled, and he goes, "I felt like destroying something beautiful." That's I don't remember that part in the movie, but that's oddly satisfying. You know, I could see that. Yeah. I could see where he would get some satisfaction out of that. That movie was cool. I didn't see that until like, until I was like 20 years old. You know, yeah. way too late to see that movie because it's amazing. Uh, What's his name? Chuck Palahniuk, mm-hmm. the author. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite books is by him. Which um, one? Um, Rant, the oral biography of Buster Casey. It's really good. It's really good. It deals with time travel and some psychology stuff and some sociocultural stuff. It's a really, really good book. And it's written for people like me with short attention spans. Because oh, that's it's, good, yeah. It's written as an oral biography. And so uh, the impossible task, I imagine, of trying to write 40 different character perspectives, but it makes it really easy to listen to. Right, he's so, really good at that, though. I mean, yeah, like, he's I, I'm not a big reader, and uh, I haven't read Fight Club, but, but if that's anything like the movie, is anything like the book, there's a lot of characters in that, in that movie, mm-hmm. you know? His name is Robert Paulson. They're all just flooding back to mind now. Who's Robert Paulson? Uh, Meatloaf. Meatloaf was played, uh, you know, man tits. Oh, (laughs) Bill. His name is Robert Paulson. (laughs) Bob. 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 Yeah, Yeah. Bob. Yeah. God, that's so funny. He was so good in that movie. Yeah. Good old Meatloaf. Yeah. Good old Meatloaf. So you grew up here in Milton, Florida. And how has... No, I don't know. Did no. you ever did you see Vernon, Florida? I have to ask. I see what? From Milton, Vernon, Florida. Vernon, no. It's a documentary that it's a crazy documentary on Netflix, but apparently they were chopping off people's limbs. Huh. Anyway, it's not too far from here. I haven't been, so I ask yeah. everybody from this area if yeah. they've heard about it. Um, yeah, no, that's a whole other thing. We'll talk about it next time we sit down. That'll be your homework: is to watch Vernon. I mean, Florida. yeah, that sounds. It's that, a crazy that, documentary. That sounds. You've, you've already, you know, I've told you already that I'm into like weird occult shit, you know, or, you know, it interests me at some point. Yeah. So yeah, I'm into cutting off limbs. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah and me. there was this, so the story goes, there was this thing in Vernon, Florida, where people were cutting off their limbs to collect the insurance money mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And so they went to do a documentary on this phenomenon. Nobody would talk about it. So the documentary Vernon, Florida has nothing to do with amputation, even though that was the intent of the documentary. And instead, it's all the B-roll of them talking to other people about everything but this phenomenon that Vernon, Florida was known for for a really long time. So it's weird. It's interesting, but it's what, weird. So like the people of Vernon, Florida knew that that was happening? It kind of came, it came up or they figured it out or, or right. something and everybody refused to talk to the people. Yeah, because it was like a small town and yeah, yeah. they didn't want to sully the name of their... Yeah, and so the people they end up talking to are 
uh, just their 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 own characters in, in yeah. their own little ways, and yeah. it's it's cool because it's a great shot of what small town life is like. It reminded me a lot of a lot of my relatives coming from, you know, hunting communities and, and backwood communities, dirt roads. Are you from Alabama? Yeah, I grew up in Mobile and my mm -hmm. family's from West Alabama, so mm -hmm. way out in the woods, south of Tuscaloosa. Very, I've been in Tuscaloosa. It's kind of a bigger city, right? Uh, yeah, big. It's a college town. Yeah, University of Alabama. Yeah. That's the, the, the big school yeah. and lots of football and I don't do crowds. Mm -hmm. I was there briefly for school, and we didn't get along. At University of Alabama. Yeah. You didn't like it. No, they didn't like me, and I didn't like them. We didn't. We didn't mesh. Well, at least it's mutual. Yeah, I had I chose the University of Alabama for grad school just specifically to be close to my grandparents before they passed away. Really? Yeah, and then when they passed away, it was just like fuck school. Like this, I'm, I don't have no interest in arguing with you idiots. So, right. so I bailed, and that's how I got into music being an audio engineer yeah. that was about five years ago for me though that was a, a pretty big leap but that was way before i got into comedy mm -hmm. way before i got into comedy when did you get into comedy well i was gonna say was it like, before or after you saw fight club <laughs> uh, after no i mean before sorry um uh i was gonna say though because i got into music as a as a youth uh, <laughs> and i was um really like Flirting with the idea of doing it live, you know, and I've done a few yeah. open mics live, but you know, obviously, like, yeah. cool. No, not cool because I fucking, you know, it was. It's it's the most embarrassing thing whenever, no. whenever you don't think you sound good in front of other people. I, I don't know. I have to. It's it's such a weird feeling to like, to love music so much mm -hmm. and then do it in front of people live and think like and kind of think that that was your career path all along or your life path all along oh. and then that was like destroyed because oh. because it because it was so hard to convey like <laughs> sounding <Yeah>. good <laughs> i understand that i definitely understand that when uh when expectations are ruined mm -hmm. and uh and just reality comes crashing in right and i never thought that i was an amazing musician it was just something that like this is what i was born to do yeah and then i did it and it was like this i am i, I get nothing back I know. <gasps> no and like yeah there was no good feeling like you know wow. with, with comedy you have bad nights but you still or at least i still have like this 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 thing that drives it you mm -hmm. know this 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 feeling of like i'm still doing something right See, when you say this feeling of doing something right, what is that to you? Because I got an instant visual of what I think that is, but what is that to you? Um, I don't know. I think I, um, I don't want to sound um, like I'm gloating or anything. I think I'm, I'm pretty good at making people feel good, you know? Yeah, making yeah. people laugh, putting a smile on someone's face. Mm -hmm. And that's what comedy is supposed to be, right? Sure, sure. So, so my thought when you said that was, was a little more specific. Uh, for me, that little nugget that I can always hang on to is that when it's really bad, I can, I can at least find when people are laughing at me or I can turn it and get people to laugh at mm -hmm. me with me. Yeah. So I can make fun of myself because self-deprecation is a big part of comedy. Right. And so learning how to take like those moments. training wheels. Yeah, basically. yeah. And so if I can always find that as my route, mm -hmm. then, then at least I have something in common with the audience. So that's my version of feeling good. That's con my connection. Right, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I, yeah, I, I agree with you because, um, you know, even when you, have a bad, when you have bad nights, there are, you know, you, you can still make fun of yourself. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I don't know. It's my, kind of, fallback yeah you, yeah exactly it's kind of cheap because 
because any decent comedian knows how to do that. Yeah. But it's something that like all comedians have in common is like they're able to make fun of themselves. Yeah. And they're I don't know. It made me think that um, I used to be so self conscious about people making fun of me, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess finding a way to like to 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 be in control of that, you know? Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah. Is was is a big reason that I got into comedy, or you know, really like comedy at least. Heck yeah. Well, I know you're one of the co-founders of Back Porch Comedy here uh-huh. at, uh, at at the Back Porch bar and grill and but how long have you been how long have you been doing stand-up uh it's coming up on four years i believe yeah no no actually may was four years yeah may i started the day after robin williams died i remember that i wasn't conscious of it why whenever i was doing it yeah but then looking back and doing the math and everything Mm -hmm. i was like oh that was the day after robin williams died because he died on a monday and open mic is on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so somewhere around May, mid-May. I'm trying to think back where I was when, when I heard that news. I was still, I was still running sound. Mm-hmm. So four years, man. You're fucking awesome. Four, you've only been doing this for four years? No, that's flat. I mean, if I've been doing it for four years, and I feel like I should be better. That's what it feels like to me. Really? Yeah, I, sh- I don't know, man. I have, a, I have a hard time taking it seriously. So not, not comedy, but like things in general seriously. Yeah, me too. So, me too. So I feel like I should be doing because I respect it so much. I feel like I should be doing more with it. But then again, fuck it. I, I like performing here. It's well, fun. what would you want to do more with it? I mean... I, I don't know. I, I kind of envision myself like going on the road, I guess. Me too. I would love to figure out how to get there. Yeah. Do you have any... like? What's your roadmap? What's the game plan? You got any plans to, to do that? I mean, the game plan is loose, right? Like, I don't know, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think booking gigs is pretty... I mean, I, like, I haven't done it a whole lot. I've done, mm-hmm. it, I've done a few out-of-town shows that I booked myself, but it's pretty easy once you get to know people, you know? Nice. Because there's, a, there's so many communities doing comedy that no one even really knows about. And you're probably going to go, go to like a lot of shitholes, you know, yeah. and do comedy for four people. But that's how you start getting on the road, I suppose, yeah. without an agent. My thought was find someone that's already doing it, mm-hmm. uh, like you or Olivia or Tony, you know, someone that is more of a vet. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just offer up, be like, I'll drive. Yeah. Let me be your your guest opener. Yeah. <laughs> and go that route. Right. Which is isn't a bad idea, but then you have to have people who are committed to you know, well, you know going out. Yeah, yeah, hitting yeah. the road. It's easy to say that that you'll do something in the in the moment. Yeah. But to actually take off of work for a few weeks and go on the road. Really hard. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah. I'd like to find some weekend runs, like do some three days. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing JJ Curry tonight because I know he's down in Tampa with Matt Williams. Yeah, and he's doing it, man. They're, yeah, they're crushing it. I can't yeah. wait to pick his brain and, and see what all they're doing, you know, take mm-hmm. some notes. And Is Matt Williams in town too? Do I don't know, but I hope so. I uh, hadn't seen him in forever, so yeah. I'd love to, love to see him, hear how he's doing. Yeah, JJ is one of the fucking monsters that like came out of this place, and so good. Um, it's good to see someone, someone um, who actually has a talent. Yeah, and then go somewhere with it. Yeah, yeah. I hope he goes really far with it because mm-hmm. he's hilarious, mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But so that that's four years ago. So you've gotten to see 
you've gotten to see this scene grow up. So yeah, that's my favorite. That's my favorite part, dude. Is like seeing all these people. Yeah. That I'm like friends with, getting better and better. Yeah, it's beautiful. So was JJ already here when when you were here? What was yeah, what did J- it look like four years ago? Uh, whenever I started, it was um, it was definitely sort of a different scene. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if it's because of the lack of people, but but it felt tighter. You know, it felt like mm. everyone was like really like just just doing it because. Uh, because they they loved it, you know. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I now now I feel like sometimes it's just like um, it's like who are these new people, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to explain it because because there's a lot of new good talent, you know. You're 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 fucking you're a powerhouse, man. You're like Thank hosting you. the the blind mule and shit like that. That's awesome. It's, but, a, it's an honor. Yeah. <laughs> but like for a long time, it was just like these select group of people, you know. Yeah. And they're you know and like and that and that's kind of it kind of that group kind of graduated until into what what it is now but there's more people you know there's more like-minded people like uh i don't know i don't know i think i'm babbling no not at all i think i think that's a great point and uh i was talking with jade green over in in mobile just to give him a plug and we were discussing something similar and he was talking about the way that it's kind of like high school and Mm -hmm. having a class come in under you like here at the back porch i'm kind of the freshman class you know uh, and and that i'm one of the newer guys to the scene but being Mm -hmm. around a year once we get some more people in here, then I'll get to graduate to be a sophomore. Right, yeah. And so having, but having those new comics is kind of part of the keeping the scene going. And this is what Jade was saying. He's saying that having new comics is part of what is keeps the scene healthy. Mm-hmm. But without a solid tradition and senior class like you and Tony and Olivia mm-hmm. to pass those torches on and, and teach good lessons, then then things get wonky and people struggle. But that's one of the things that I think and and to you guys credit has has just makes pensacola awesome is that i got to walk into something that was already built yeah and just start focusing yeah. on on learning from from everybody well so did i really you know yeah i walked into something that was already established you know and it, it yeah. was it was it wasn't tony and kirby and all those guys been doing it right. a long time yeah yeah, yeah. And we and this place was on lock you know they were doing this place every single week two nights a week so I had a place to come in and, and find my, and get my bearings, you know? Yeah. Um, Makes it so much easier. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I can't fucking imagine having the, having the startup out of thin air, your own scene. <laughs> it's, that sounds impossible. Right. Doesn't it? It sounds impossible. I can impossible. barely figure out how to get on the fucking road, much less start a scene <laughs> in a small, you know, smallish town. Yeah. I, uh, I've seen some of that firsthand trying to, to help grow the scene back out in Perdido Key with Emily and um, it's hard convincing people mm-hmm. that uh, their nose belongs on their face. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've never understood it. I've never heard that expression before and now I, I'll say it forever. <laughs> yeah, because I talk to bar owners and it's like, okay, look, you know, we here's the depth of talent in the pool that I, I know, like I, knowing people here, knowing people in Mobile. When I talk to people in, on the coast, it's like, you have access to all of this. We will do good things. We will mm. put money in the register. We've proven that we can do that. They're still like, ah, I don't like, know. Nah, we're not in the business of making money. <laughs> what in the world? So yeah. it's kind of crazy, but, but yeah, so to double back, thanks to everyone that's put in, mm-hmm. put in the work because uh, Brogan was saying how it's amazing 
and, and I agree with him, how much, uh, how much talent comes out of Pensacola. Because just good I, comics, good yeah. comics come out of this room downstairs at the back porch. Yeah, there's, yeah. Been, there's been amazing nights here that, you know, I think that could be put against like some of the biggest cities Hell yeah. in America. Well, you were talking about uh, you know what the four years of, of it growing up looked like. So oh right yeah, yeah. So, so, so tie I, those two things together. So, what are some fun ones? Uh, let's see. When I walked in, it was um, it was uh, <laughs> it was it was so fucking loose. It was so off the rails sometimes. <laughs> you know, we had we had people who were finding out that they were alcoholics <laughs> and becoming them at an aggressive rate. <laughs> you know, we had, we had people who didn't give a shit about the scene, but were somehow still benefiting from it, you know? And uh, we had this, this core group who were fucking ruthless to each other sometimes, you yeah. know? We were like, they, like, there were people who were, who were like, uh, like, they would call me cute and that would like, I guess that's not really ruthless, but but you know what I mean. Like like they know that these these people know what to say. To, right. To get it was to a you. button. Yeah. These, yeah. These people aren't your fucking normal like run of the day. They'll be mean in very creative ways. Isn't that true about a lot of good comics yeah. though? Like you kind of have to be creative. Yeah. To get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. If that weren't funny, I'd have whooped your ass. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing better than like a feeling of like of making fun of somebody, and it's almost like they don't know until a second later. Yeah. 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 Very true. It's like the devil behind all the comedians is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like it was still Friday, Tuesdays and Fridays, but it was it was much looser, you know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, most of the time on Fridays, there wasn't even a book show. It was kind of like show up and go up, you know, because mm -hmm. there was only. There was only seven people, ten people coming out a night for it at a time, um, and uh, that's. I mean, it was kind of a blessing, you know, to 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 be able to perform at such an early stage, to be able to go up twice a week, yeah, for ten minutes at a time, you yeah, know, and to really find your your groove up there to a, to a sea of nobody mm. and one guy at the back of the bar that screams, you're not funny. You know, one of the yeah. most precise heckles I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> they hate it. They hate it when they're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a lot of like really crazy shows coming through where it's like, God, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, how do we, you know, how do, so like if you're hosting a show, how do I as a host get things back to where they need to be for the next person to go up well? Yeah. Um, so all those, yeah, all, like, that's what it was. That's what it was like, and that's what it's still kind of like sometimes. But it's, but it's much more. There's there's a there's a me, there's like a, a math there's a method to it now. You know, we we're all. I will say this. Most of the new people that show up now, are tenfold better than some of the new the new people that were showing up back when I started. Mm -hmm. You know, probably including me whenever I started. A lot of people bring like. They're not great when they first go on, but they have some sense of like what you're supposed to be as a stand-up comedian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Me, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I blew my first time going up. It sucked. It was terrible. And I, I don't know if, if anyone That's even sucks. saw anything in me, you know? But I kept coming back and I figured it out because I was surrounded by good comedians. Yeah. And that, that goes a long way. Just... You know, having having good comedians around, I feel like every week somebody tosses out. There's so much stuff 
to pull from education wise, being around good comedians, that every week I can find something to latch on to and be like, this is what I'm gonna work on this week, mm-hmm. you know, is this piece. And, and that's the exact opposite of having to come up with a scene on your own, which it, it speaks volumes as to why I think people progress at the rate they do around here. Cause I've gotten to see some, some people show up that are, have come since I've gotten here and to see the acceleration rate, you know, and just to be able to be like, oh wow, like that guy just started. I need to be able to do that too. Like, mm-hmm. look, look at his tool belt. I need the, some of those tools myself. Absolutely, yeah. It's yeah. it's a great environment for that. It's yeah. a really great environment yeah. for that. Yeah, a lot of good people, it breeds competition, but also it, it kind of, um, you know, it, there's no hate, there's no like malice behind the competition here either. Yeah, it's just plateaus of, of how, yeah. You know, I see other people kill, and it's like, man, I want to kill like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's nothing against. But then they come off stage, and you're like, you, you like shake their hand and talk. Oh to shit! Them about hell it. yeah! Hell yeah! yeah you were like super interested in how they did it. <laughs> I don't understand how people get angry about it, like competition. As someone who I, I feel strongly in identity and perspective, and everybody has something unique to offer. So, the idea of being in competition with getting up and speaking your mind with someone else. Like, good luck. How could you ever speak that person's mind for them? It's, mm-hmm. it's, there's not, it's not comparable. I mean, you can, I guess you can compare the way people connect to audiences. There's some things that you can compare from comedians, but then again, those are just tools, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that, uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think a lot of, most comedians, probably all of comedians actually, probably shared like the same general philosophy when it comes to being on stage, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, because it's simple and primitive like that. Mm-hmm. Like, the goal is to make these people laugh. Right. It's not complicated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, yeah. but there, it's not complicated. And there are avenues to get there, you know. Mm-hmm. Quick, more, you know, there's avenues to get there quickly, and then there's avenues that, that are maybe are a little harder to take, and those are the, the, are the goals that we're trying to overcome, yeah. you know. So dig into style. Like, you, you have, have a style. Obviously, like I just said, everybody has their own style to yeah. some degree, but learning our own styles, that's something you hear a lot of comedians talk about, finding their own right. voice. What has that been like for you? What does is, what is your style look like growing up in this environment? Um, not you growing up, your style growing up in this yeah. environment. Well, ever, so. since a, ever, ever since I was a baby growing up in the scene. David Copperfield, yeah. that shit, I'm born. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I, I found a book, I found a, I, was, that was written in a book, right? Yeah, David yeah. Copperfield. Yeah, I found that book mm-hmm. in, a, in an antique store. And I was like, dude, what the, f-? like, that's a great find. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is a classic. Yeah. It's a classic. I bought it and never read it. <laughs> it's got a great opening line. That's it does. the, that's the it part does. you need. It really does. It's the part you need. Yeah. But I remember finding comedians that do different things well and going, this is what I need to stay. Like Jimmy Carr is really good at delivering a quick joke, no mm-hmm. fat. Yeah. Uh, you know, Louis C.K. Is a, is a really good storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, Louis Black angry, dark, you know, really good at, at being that angry comedian. And then one of my favorites growing up was, was Carlin, you know, and, and I don't think each of them has their own style, you know? See, so like Louis C.K. was one of my, like, um, whenever I started watching him uh, and getting into stand up, like I started, like he's not, I, I wouldn't say I modeled myself after him, mm-hmm. but he was like the first guy I looked at and like, that's what I want to do. I want to control a room, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something I respect out of comedy, and I always will. It's like one one person up there, just controlling a whole room, you know. Yeah. And it just it, it's just it's just so. 
I don't know. It's 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 a it's a weird power dynamic, you know. You're so enthralled by this one person. Yeah. Um, it's like how how Hitler came to rise. I'm sure. <laughs> well, it's captivating. Anybody yeah. that it's like Samuel Clemens said. Anybody that can get themselves elected president does not deserve the office because mm -hmm. we have this thing about people who stand up and and captivate other people. Yeah. On one hand, it's fascinating, and on the other hand, it's like, what kind of snake oil is this jackass right, selling? Exactly. Yeah, he's a, he's, he must be a sociopath. Yeah, yeah. and he probably is. Right. But, <laughs> he just manages it well. But going back to Styles, I don't think Louis C.K. is. A, I don't think of him as a storyteller. I think of him as an absurdist. I think you're right. I, as soon as I said it, I kind of disagreed yeah. with that. I think yeah. uh, there are other right. storytellers, right. but there are other people that are really exemplar right. storytellers, as he is. I agree with you. I think he's he's, no, he's, he's probably over the years has gotten gotten way better at telling stories. Sure. And sure. like for me, that was one thing that I have never been good at is telling stories. Like mm -hmm. even to friends, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's taken me a long time to be able to tell you a story about me selling my soul to the devil. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know it wasn't a great story or anything, but it's it, at least I'm able to hold your attention. You know. Yeah. Um, and that's a and that's like a that's a struggle that I'm trying to overcome on stage is being able to tell stories. What? I totally agree with you. What I, happened? Did you, did you stop recording? No, I uh, have to hit that button, and I go through this on uh, like every podcast because it's funny. But <laughs> I have to reset that button because the type of camera that I use is uh, because of this factory specs. It's only allowed to record for so long without Wait, having to it, be reset. Did it miss all that, all that gold that I have? No. It gives me a little <laughs> warning that says, re it's time to reset. Your 25 <laughs> minutes of con continuous recording yeah. are up. As long as it didn't, as long, wait, did it miss the part where I told you about killing all those people? I got it all. Okay. I got it all, okay. including <laughs> including the location of the bodies. In including Vernon, Florida, where I'm from. <laughs> yes, yes. We talk about your foot. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, and uh, occasionally it'll get missed, but it all ends up on the podcast. Mm. So, uh, so it's the running joke that if something falls off of YouTube, you can always go, that means you have to go listen to the whole podcast. So, wow, that's sorry, very, that's very enticing. <laughs> very enticing. Oh man! But yeah, so we were talking about storytellers, mm -hmm. and I can empathize because I've got an uncle that's a great storyteller, and all yeah. my life it's been like I want to be able to do that. Right. And so I, every word you just said, <laughs> I have said before. Yeah, you're so jealous of someone like that sometimes, you know. Yeah. Because because it's the same thing they they, they can captivate an audience uh -huh. you know and um, and I guess I'm just like finding your voice is kind of just just a, a nice way of saying that's what I'm trying to do but in my own way you yeah. know I'm trying to figure out how I can do that so I do a lot of like I do a lot of crowd work you know I try to stay loose up there mm -hmm. um, because I grew up in this fucking scene man because I grew yeah. up, I, I grew up in a I I started doing comedy in a bar who, who, that didn't want me doing comedy in it. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's a different thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, then somebody that gets to walk into a comedy... Like, I can't imagine if my first time had been in a legit comedy club with a comedy-savvy crowd that was mm -hmm. there to see comedy. I imagine that's a different thing than doing comedy in a bar room. Yeah. I'm sure even then, it's like some of the audience members are like... You know, it happens less often because it's a comedy club. Sure. I can only assume, but... But um, I'm sure there's still audience members there that are like, no, you can't make me laugh. You know, it's, it's yeah. like they're they're there to to test you, At like the like, Apollo. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's it's like God sent me as a fucking crusader to test you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> 
Make me laugh. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> yeah, do it now. Storytelling's really, really tricky. I mm -hmm. was thinking about revisiting some stories. I don't, I'm, I'm not there yet. You know, I've tried a couple of times in some open mics and when I had a lot of room, but trying to tell a story on stage, I, um, I think that's too, the, the biggest challenge I've got right now, if I had to look at it, is timing and, and tempo. It's something right. that I'm spending a lot of time learning right, right now. Because my timing and my tempo gets off because my memory is not as as prepared <clears throat> as it should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some people, it's weird. You can, like, like listening to, to Tony Burkett tell a story, you know, uh, off off stage. Because mm -hmm. he doesn't really do it. He doesn't really do it like, like he can tell a fucker. He can spin a yarn, dude. This motherfucker. Yeah. Like, the way he tells stories, it's like he's, he's recounting every fucking single detail of that memory. And I just don't have that kind of memory. So I guess I just have to think, think I'm a fly, you know? <laughs> I'm cursed. <laughs> I, you know, and it's funny you say it that way because I never thought of it as his memory. I always thought of it as his timing. And he was able to, to maintain this tempo. Mm -hmm. And he's just got, his rhythm is yeah. so, so well rehearsed that it comes naturally now. And so everything that he puts out there just has that rhythm that, that hits, you know? It, yeah, it's almost like it's almost like there are. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to say this without sounding like, like, like a pretentious or an asshole. But like, like there are thinkers and there are doers. You know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you and I probably are more of a, of a thinker, mm -hmm. right? Like it takes us a while to get to our point because because we're because we're coming up with it in the moment. You know, mm -hmm. and then there are other people who just like are just a vessel for like what they see and hear and you know and they and they can just relay it. Yeah, but it takes it makes it takes it just takes other people longer to convey that message or be good at yeah. at just saying it. Yeah, yeah, I am fascinated by that though because the it's the flow state to me, you know, and getting mm -hmm. to the point where uh, where I would be good enough to be able to do something like that is a is a goal. And I was talking to Tony about this, and he gave me some great advice. It's something I've been working on the last couple of weeks, and it's. Um, if you if you break off on a tangent or, or get sidetracked in the middle of verbatim material, you'll always have something to go back to, which was really good advice for me because, and it just so happened that that night I had missed a couple of beats and had to look at my notes a couple extra times. Yeah, right. Whereas if I had those markers to come back to, and I've, I've been working on it since then and the last couple of times I've been up, you know, of course, he's a fucking genius. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, he can see it. So he's a prodigy. Yeah. I mean, he's, so I mean, he's like, he's like in his 30s, but he's a, he's a child prodigy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but having a scene like this where you get to pick people's brain, you know, like, right. like that, it's very fun. It's very, very fun. Right. So four years, the yeah. scene here at the back porch. I mean, you've been doing it for a year, right? Yeah. You, almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. About a year. It yeah. was last summer. I'm sure you get people coming up to you and like, and like, how do you do it, you know? Yeah, I tell people that I've been a bullshit artist all my it's life. It's a ridiculous question to ask someone even into like, even into year four or five or what the fuck ever. It's kind of a bullshit yeah. question to ask because half the time they're just figuring it out also. Yeah, I don't have a good answer. Yeah. Like I can, I can tell you what I do, but yeah. I can't tell you why all that works. You just do it, you know? Yeah, repetition, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's, that's the only good advice that I've, that I've ever 
I've ever been able to relate to anybody. It's just, if you want to do stand-up, then go out there and do it, you know? I agree. I agree. And if it's not, if it's not working out for you, then, um, I don't know, do it, with, do it from a different angle. <laughs> yeah. Or just don't do it if, if you fucking hate it. If, if you hate that you can't, that you can't, I don't know. I don't know. If you're, if you're getting so frustrated that's not fun, then don't do it. <laughs> yeah, don't, definitely don't do it. Definitely not. It's got to be amusing. Yeah. But if you're having fun and it's not working, then try something else, I guess. Yeah, for me, it was just performing. You know, being able to, to have a creative outlet is, mm -hmm. is awesome. You know, yeah. most people don't, don't have a voice or, or aren't comfortable speaking in public. There are lots of reasons that people... Yeah. do or don't do things well, that's, that's all speculation that's yeah. a weird yeah. point too is like were you ever were you are you okay speaking in public in general yeah really i always have been i was a public speaker way before i ever decided to do this that's that's why i i tell people that i've been comfortable on stage for a long time and so now i am learning how to be funny mm -hmm. on stage on demand and how to write material and write a joke and then deliver that right so but I've been a public speaker, so I used to get up and give speeches and teach classes about public speaking. So that's not a that's not hard for me. That's like a fucking inception idea, like give giving a speech about public speaking. <laughs> I've <laughs> done like, it. It's like what kind of fucking world are we living in? <laughs> it's like College. A, that's a, the kind a of world. Rabbit hole. <laughs> Redundancies. That's what adult daycare is. It's yeah. called college, and if you have enough money, they will let you in. Yeah. That's pretty much all that bullshit. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I mean, um, I didn't know that about you. I didn't know that you were a public speaker before. I was always shy. I'm, all, I'm still pretty shy. Yeah. Know, when it comes to like when it comes to groups, but um, but you know when it comes to comedy, it's like you're in control. You're, you're well. That's they're giving you the time. You're, mm -hmm. You have this allotted time. Um, it's a very very fun thing. It's almost like you have permission to be the center of attention. Yeah. So you don't feel you know. Um, I don't know. I've never thought about it that way, but that is, that is kind of, you have permission to be the center of attention and, but, okay, so what is it that bugs me when people don't pay attention? It's a respect thing. Like my, one of my OCDs and, yeah. and anger is, is respect. And, uh, so that, that, like, I can get triggered real yeah. easy. That's why you don't have a kid anymore, because he doesn't respect you. No, a little fucker. Yeah. You showed yeah. him. Talking about Vernon, Florida. Bridges are tall, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bridges are tall, man. <laughs> that's a good quote. That happens. That's the opening line to your book. I imagine that's the kind of quote you would get out of Vernon, Florida, though. Yeah. <laughs> Bridges, Bridges are, are tall, tall, man. You know, like you hear those old sayings, that you just say, like, what in the world? Yeah, right. How the fuck did that, like, shit from Shinola? I had, to, I had to look up what that meant, you know? <laughs> polish and polish and polish. That's right. Oh, man. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah that was a good. Raising Arizona um, opened that, that one up to me. That's been a, a long time since I've seen Raising Arizona. That's so amazing. That's one. That's one of the, my favorite movies, just for the opening scene alone. Yeah, why's yeah. that? Because like it's Nick Cage, you sure. know, back in his heyday, and like Holly Hunter. And, oh God, I love Holly Hunter. And um, and I don't know. It, it's just like, it's like he's a caper, you know, like he's out doing crimes mm -hmm. and then getting taken into the, into the jail. <clears throat> like within the first 
five minutes, it's, it's, it's this love story, you know? And then the rest of the movie is a, is a heist movie. They're stealing babies, you know? <laughs> I love that movie so much. I always felt like it was the, uh, the beginnings of Trailer Park Boys. Really? Yeah, I don't know why, but it seemed like when Trailer Park Boys came along, that was Raising Arizona was the first thing I thought of. It's like, how did this I can kind of get see crossed that. up in my head? I can kind of see that because it's because because it, it's an it's a movie like what was it shot in the '90s? You know? Yeah. So early like, early '90s. I think. So I mean, so the visuals the visuals were you know, it, and it's also in the desert too, and mm -hmm. in, in like a isolated area. Trailer Park Boys, uh, I don't know. Hilarious. I don't know. I, I, don't, I used to hate that show. <laughs> me too. I used <laughs> me to hate too. that show. Somebody made me watch it and I was like, okay, I can do this for a little while. Yeah, I, I have to admit that it's, that it's pretty funny sometimes. But um, one time Tony had to um, <clears throat> open up for the Trailer Park Boys at the vinyl. You, hear, you hear, the, hear the story? No. Huh. So they yeah they they do this thing where they go to uh, like rock clubs uh -huh. and I guess a few of the um, of the cast members will go out and do skits and then like you know refer like just do references to the show and shit and mm -hmm. people come out in droves stoners and shit alike to to to, to, to I guess to laugh at them quoting a show it's the strangest thing to me I, yeah, whatever I haven't seen the show so <laughs> it might be great but it sounds fucking stupid. Um, it, it does. It reminds me of something, but yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it reminds you of somebody? No, no. Okay. So, Patton Oswalt told this joke about how he did this set for a bunch of drunk college students, and he just walked down on stage and named every movie that he was in, and they roariously right. applauded for everyone, right. and then he walked off because it was the weirdest gig I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's what that sounds like to me. That's God. what I see in my head. <laughs> <coughs> I wish... I wish I could have a career like that where I can just walk on stage and take my credits. You know? <laughs> Read your resume. Yeah. Born in West Florida Hospital. Woo! Uh, just leave on a blank tombstone. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you know when it's over. Peace out. I liked Raising Arizona. Yeah! <laughs> we love you. So they do these trailer park boys skits yeah. and they asked Tony to come open up for him yeah well I don't know who the fuck asked Tony um, um, but Tony did get a, get a gig opening up for them at the vinyl which is our big rock club you know yep yep um, and he was all he was all jazzed about it because it's it's a comedy show uh, meant yeah. for people who like comedy supposedly uh, but he's doing stand up he's you know these guys don't do stand up yeah but he's so he's opening up with stand up and he walks out and this is all his this is all Secondhand account, me telling. You. So he walks out, and the crowd is rowdy. And 30 seconds in, they just start like booing him. Basically. Goodness gracious! <laughs> they just start booing him, and like I guess I don't know. Probably at one point there's a chant like, "Trailer Park Boys, Trailer Park Boys," <laughs> and then Tony, you know, can't get him back. You know, it's impossible for. It's like a huge group of people, and they. A huge crowd, and he can't get him back. So, um, so he introduces Trailer Park Boys, and uh, and he walks off stage, and they come on stage, and the first thing they say is uh, uh, something like, like a donkey fuck or something like that, something something retarded, you know. And they go crazy, dude. They start cheering, start throwing roses on stage and shit, you know. The fucking cousins kissing each other in the audience. This is like the insane clown posse of <laughs> <Exactly>. comedy. <laughs> exactly. 
But I think that the insane clown posse will respect the comedian more. You know? Probably. <laughs> Probably. So this, yeah, that's. I'd rather go to a gathering than to a fucking trailer park boy show. Yeah, I. Oh, the horror! I can't imagine. Poor Tony. Yeah, it's one of my favorite stories. It, it, it has, you know, it has so many pivotal moments. In it. <laughs> it's like you think it's gonna be great, and then they start booing you, and you hang your head in shame. But knowing that you're, you're doing comedy is, is enough. And then they walk out screaming donkey fuck and get a huge applause. Oh. And it's like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> it's not that hard. I don't have to think to be good, to, to, yeah. to, be, to be loved. That's so insane. Craziness. Yeah. Man, well, before I let us get out of here, um, we've covered... We've covered a lot of the big bases. I think we're talking about comedy a lot. I didn't mean it to come into like a. No, that's okay because the mm-hmm. that's your perspective, man. Like if I asked if I asked you to put your perspective of yada 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 on the table, it would it would have some comedy in it. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, that's all. That's all I talked about. Though, yeah. So. so there you go. <laughs> I'm totally okay. <laughs> but so relate comedy to the the world around you, as big or as small as you want right, that to be. Like, like you're like a philosopher, right? I do. Yeah, yeah. I do a little philosophizing. Yeah. yeah, you like you like talking about philosophy. Well, so but here's the reason I asked. So truth, love, and peace being the idea behind my philosophy, and so truth is just perspective, and so. We've covered, we've covered perspective for the most part, and love is just a, a, for a word for emotion. <clears throat> so we've, ta- we've talked about what it is to, to bomb and be nervous and all that good stuff. We've covered all that stuff. The only thing that, that we haven't gotten real into is more of the stories, like more of the stories of the four years coming up and the way that, that you relate to the world around you. And that's a really complicated way of saying, what do you feel about what's going on in the world today? Or what do you think about it? Or yeah, do you my, get to notice it? I mean, from my perspective, I yeah. guess, like, I, I don't know, I'm a pretty vague person to begin with, you know, it's like, <clears throat> but, but doing comedy has, um, has showed me like, you don't need to be this, this brooding character or like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, you don't have to look at the world from a cynical point of view for it, you know, for you to, in, or for you, for you to have a unique take on it, you know, like, yeah. um, I, I I don't know. Well, how about this for for a question? Do you think in in the day and age of corporations having a lot more control than they than they have in the last thirty years, has that what have what have the negative impacts of that been in comedy? That's way too leading. I'm not sure what I'm trying to get at here. I guess. I don't know. Do you like either. Trump? No. Do I, yeah. I really don't want to talk about politics, but yeah. current events—it's hard to get away from yeah. from the politics. Well, to be honest, to be honest, man, like I—that is—I have no interest in, in current events. Almost no yeah. interest. I, I like to, uh, uh, I, I like to enjoy myself as much as I can, you know, which is kind of hedonistic, I guess, putting it that way, but. Um, but that's a that's a version of current events, man. Like that, and that's exactly what I was looking for. So, I would say my version of current events is uh, it's all about being being around me. Like the things that I can touch, the things that I do every week mm-hmm. are more significant to me than the news from the other side of the world. Right. Like I I pay attention to that sometimes, mm-hmm. but there are all kinds of degrees. Some people's current events are 
here, you know, here and now, some people's current events are around the world. So, so that's... My current events are like movies from the mid-90s. <laughs> that's what I love. That's what I really enjoy. I was trying to tie this into here and now on the back porch, and I don't think I can get there through 90s oh, I'm movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm that's sorry. okay. It was a great curveball. I'm sorry. Because I was thinking about how to tie that into, I guess, I guess what I want to talk about is how being here at the back porch on a Friday and getting ready for this awesome show down here that, that happens every Friday night this week with J.J. Curry and everybody else that's going to be on it in the late show with Ryan. Yeah, good plugs. I try to. I try and get all that in. Um, but how, how is that influenced by the rest of the craziness that's going on in the world? Yeah, that's a, that's a fucking good question, man. Because like, usually it seems like my life is just one blur, you know? Yeah. And they're like, there's, there's these moments in my life. Like, like coming here is always fucking great because it's yeah. something I can super focus on, you know? Yeah. But everything else, it's just, I am so like constantly depressed by the world around me day to day, you know? Yeah. And I wish I could just live this, I, I wish I could just do this for a living, you know? Yeah. I wish, there was, I wish money wasn't involved. I wish I could just do comedy all the time and hang out with people who I like talking to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everything else is bullshit. I agree. Uh, so much waste of time. There's a, there's a book out, it's like bullshit jobs. Mm -hmm. Science, people that do the research, they found out that you can, most people's jobs can be done in like three hours a day and yet yeah. you're forced to sit around for six or seven hours and pretend like Dude, you're being productive. Dude, that's fucking prison, right? Yeah, it's bullshit, <laughs> it's bullshit. And, and that's the kind of current events that, that I'm talking about. Like the state of the world has just gotten fucking insane. Like yeah. I, I really think one of the reasons that the comedy scene suffers, and this is how we'll segue into this. The comedy scene I think suffers greatly because there's not enough money for people to, to go out. Mm -hmm. They just don't have the budget to go see these shows. Yeah. And then on top of that, they don't have the, they can't afford the time to have that kind of entertainment. And right now, it seems like there's a lot of, yeah, 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 chime well, in anywhere. I, in I was going to say, I was going to yeah, say, go that's, that's kind of like a big reason I want to be in the entertainment industry, you know, is because <clears throat> either I'm saving up all my money to, to, to eventually go, go out and be entertained, you know, go see a movie or go to a comedy show or go to a fucking theme park, whatever it might be. Or I could live in that and you know, probably be broke for a long time, but I'm constantly around like what is right. fun and what I love doing and like the lighter side of, of, of life, you know? Yeah, the fun part. The fun part of life or the, the, the part where the people come to get distracted from what current events, you know? Yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. Well, the, the bullshit that's not directly involved in your life that you pretend mm -hmm. like is. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what most people's idea of current events is. News that doesn't pertain to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, wh why, you, why would you revolve your life around like, new, like media, you know? It'll drive you fucking insane. Well, I say media, because I, but I, then again, I love movies and shit like that. I mean, I meant like news yeah. and, and, yeah. and politics or whatever it might be, you know? Yeah, because it doesn't yield results. Like, there's a Rick and Morty joke. Like, Fucking peace summits, man. It's not like we're drowning in peace over here. <laughs> it's fucking, I love that line. Uh, yeah. <coughs> I love that line. Uh, but, I got I to pee, man. It's, well, this, this is a good place to end it. I, okay. I'll ask you one final question, though. As far as hopes for the scene in Pensacola, um, what, 
what can we do to, to help spread the word or IE plug, what can we plug to get more people out to? And, um, and if you could ask one thing, everybody to help the comedy scene in Pensacola, what would it be? Um, I think, first of all, I think some like what you're doing, you know, I wanted to say this earlier in the, whenever we were talking about, um, about how the scene is evolving, what you're doing and what, uh, you know, Joey has done is giving a platform for comedians to talk about, um, talk about stuff and, and, yeah. and, and introduce them as people who who are on the scene doing comedy you guys are doing more than um, uh, than you realize I think well thank you yeah. it's, hey, thank you for sitting down because it's fun I like yeah. I like having these conversations and learn more about people instead of just hearing your jokes yeah, and here I, and there at the bar. I hate it, man. Good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm a pretty close off person but, um, but this has been a lot of fun um, who do we need to plug? um before I let you run off to the bathroom, get them all in there. I don't know plugs. I mean, I mean, well, there's, back porch there's, there's Ryan Pfeiffer doing his late show. Uh, Tony, Br Tony Burkett is the booker of um, of the Friday shows here. The early yeah, Friday yeah. shows. All the people we love uh, come out on Tuesdays and support the open micers, man, because 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 that's where the fucking magic happens. Yeah, you know, everything that you yeah. see on a Friday has probably been said on a Tuesday. You know, dozens of times yes. at least. Yes, <laughs> yes, and then there's magic that happens too. But like. But you come out and support comedians. If you like comedy, if you don't like comedy, go fuck yourself and tie in a hole, you know? Yeah. Um, Wait, the world um, doesn't need you. You know, if there's any venues out there that, that are interested in doing comedy, <laughs> reach out to Compton or, or Tony. Could or, somebody or, you let, know, us, let us do comedy or reach for out, you? Or reach out to me. I mean, I'll probably ignore your Facebook message for three weeks, but then I'll, <laughs> I'll eventually get back to you, you know? Sooner or later. <laughs> no, well, look at that. We hit the timing spot on. So okay. this has been perfect. Cool, man. Later, YouTube. See you all next time. Yeah, man. Bye-bye. And then hey, Facebook Live. Alvita Zane. And then last but not least, thanks for joining us in podcast land. And uh, until next time, truth, love, and peace. Y'all.